you can find single hop beers. But, you know, there's different applications for the hops. Just, I couldn't hear myself. That's the reason uh, I turned uh, it back okay. up. Uh, different application for the hops. There's different combinations. So, like, I mean, it takes... That's why it, it takes, takes a long time. It takes, I understand that. It takes years. And, and, so, and I, I mean, short, short of religiously seeking out single-hopped beers, right? Being able to get a random IPA and be better than 50-50 on calling hops, it takes years of tasting combinations oh, no. of and hops. I, and I understand... I understand that 100%. It's just that more of I'm trying to... Actually, we've been recording this whole time. So. Oh, good. Oh, shit. All right. We've been recording for the last two minutes and 36 seconds. Good. So, uh, I mean, that's good because we were talking, you know, the conversation that I... Oh, actually, the mic was turned down most of the time, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the part since I turned up the mic was good. So we'll just start with that. I mean, it's just more of like... Trying to understand hops, I understand that it's going to take years for me to learn, but I'm trying to learn, and that's what I like. I'm the type of person I have um, myself as being a human, being a person. I am. I have it a very addictive personality. You're fucking human. Shit, we got a human. All right. Might I also mention that he said only humans. Like have discovered uh, the certain type of wheats when you were describing it to me, you were like, uh, "Humans do this," and I wanted to make a joke, but we were on the main show, so I did, and I stayed away from it. Jokes are fine. It was when you were explaining different type of wheats and everything else with me. Yeast. Yeast. Yes. Yeast. Sorry. Yeah. I, uh, we're we're quite a few drinks in. So I was going to offer you one more beer so you could try a single hop, but I don't think you need it. I'm not driving. He's not. Driving. Yeah. But you're also not give in it great to him. Shape. He's fine. He'll be fine. All right. He doesn't have so, work tomorrow. He's at best what school? No, I don't even have that. Nothing. All right. You want to try a single hop nugget? I would love to. All right. Go for I'll the nugget. It. Um. Well, before you leave, real quick, put those headphones back on. Before you leave, real quick. <laughs> bossy motherfucker. No. Well, what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> I've been in the past month or so. I've been really trying to understand the difference between hops and everything else that's involved in the craft beering process because <laughs> the craft beering process. It's fine. It's really the only way to put it. Yeah. Okay. It is kind I mean, of. It really I like is. it though. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right, you guys we, okay. named an episode after a word I made up, I, and we're gonna call <laughs> come on one craft beering the craft beering process. process. I would just call craft beering. Now I feel self-conscious. I'm no, don't. No. I want to invite you to... I, I want Greg. you to be on the show more. I'm like blushing. No, I, I think that it's... That. I think we're... I think we need some fresh air. Uh-huh. I think you... I think... Well, that's it. That's it. I think that... Like the whole Brett <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. We take too much for granted. When we first started, Greg was the amateur. And I was slightly above him really and yeah yeah for sure and, and he still I, is i mean he still knows more than i do about this stuff but but we're also like we're both elites right and uh, i don't know I, I wouldn't say you have to be on the show every week but i mean i would like to see you on a bunch of shows i would love to yeah. sundays are fantastic so i would love to come yeah. here anytime well we can't do it next sunday no, but no, uh, that's fine. no but i think 
I think if we try out, I mean, if we hate it, we hate it. But I think we tried doing a three-person CBR with Nick for as, sure. As, as long as long as you're willing to come, as a semi-standard it's thing. Sunday, I have nothing to go on besides come here. All right. Here well, and guess what? You've been drafted. Hang out and drink awesome beers that I know <laughs> shit about. And you know what? I'm gonna start bringing my notebook because I've been really trying to learn about everything else that's been happening within the on how to actually create these beers then he's and, gonna get married and he won't show up ever again well he's gonna no no no, no. it's different, it's different. <laughs> well i mean the fact of the matter is he's gonna move out after he's gonna move to philly and uh, i moved to philly in um june in june so. and then actually technically i moved to kind of i moved to australia for six months oh cool i got offered a position as a cruise ship musician so Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so we got a year of Nick. So, so, so you're really? going to be brushing up on your cover songs, is what you're yeah. saying? Oh yeah, five hundred, five hundred cover songs. Five hundred, yeah. But however, um, what well, standards? Standards, yeah. But however, I've been really trying to learn under and understand what beer is, because to me, it's it's what, what's so exciting about it. Is, Does your wife get the cruise too? She gets discounts. <laughs> but to me, what's so exciting about it is, is just that there's, there's so much to give. To me, uh, crafting is such a... Oh, I'm sorry. Crafting is such a... It is an art form to me. Of course it is, yeah. Absolutely. It is an art form to where there has to be an understanding of everything you have to understand everything to an extent you have to know what you're putting into your beer and then it's also your own creativity which to me relates it it, it, it relates to me so much because of music and mm-hmm. the style of music that i was trained in and am trained in and what i perform i perform as jazz as a jazz musician so to me i am an improvised musician and I'm constantly applying what I've learned and what I know about it in the same sense with beer. I, I I think there's the same exact sense with wine. Oh, there is. And However, I will say I have dabbled in wine, not to the extent I have with mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. But there's I just have... as much out there in, in terms of, of I'm sure discovery. there is, but from what yeah. I've learned in wine thus far... Is they have their restrictions. They are very strict about certain things. And oh, sure. Certain they, things about yeah. like they, uh, that. They have a um, sort of looking for um, draconian, like kind of rigor around. I, I would like to think that that's eased up a bit, in the same way that it's eased up for beer. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I. I. I think it's probably still eased very up strict. some, but. Com- Comparing it to beer, I'd say no way. Well, beer has a bit more latitude, right? It, sure, and, and, absolutely. And things, I mean, yeah, it yeah. has oceans of latitude yeah, compared yeah. to wine. But in, in terms of how deep you can go in, in a subject, I mean, uh, technically... You know, no, I don't think... Uh, yeah, like, yeah. No, I think you can totally I don't, go... I think sommelier... I mean, yeah. sommelier is a fucking tough test, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to taste a wine blind in no... Like what region of what country I know, dirt crazy. came from? Like this wine tastes like it came from the dirt from this vineyard. What the fuck? How does anyone do that? 
That's amazing. It's just, you, you, you work and you work and you work. And but you have to like taste like every region and know it religiously. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, yeah, are, yeah. you have to have, you have to, you have to not only have, I mean, good sensory equipment, right? You have to have a good tongue, but you also then have to know, have a lot of knowledge about the, the various other stuff. So it, it's, it's, right. it's, it's a This tastes like year. it's on the north side yeah, I mean, of Rudy, whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> instead of the south side of Rudy, whatever. Well, what's crazy about it, there's another podcast. But, but, dude. If I could, okay, I'm sorry. Well, you know, we always no plugging other podcasts. <laughs> if I could, but I mean, like podcast. you could probably tell with your knowledge and your uh, experience, you could probably tell this is this jazz composer versus this jazz composer, and this Absolutely. may even be this person performing this jazz, this same jazz composer versus this other person performing this the same jazz composer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it's, it really is. It's training. It is. Ju- it is a matter. I've just been of doing training. it longer than you have. Mm-hmm. That's like it's the same exact thing with beards. The same exact thing with anything. The same My with, with the is, math. Is, I mean, you know, everyone. I I try to say this because you know I, I I love the math, and I but I, I think there is a there's a tendency for people to to, to see the math as as um like the, the the math that I like and all the stuff that I'm interested in is being like oh this this crazy smart thing but it's not it it's the same as any other thing that anybody else is doing well, I mean it's like when my students ask me and I get asked this and I hate it but I get asked this uh, it's like oh how did you get so good yeah. it's like I, I haven't gotten any better I'm no better than you are right it's like we're at the same exact level the problem is I've been playing longer than you have mm-hmm. I've practiced longer than you have and that's what it comes down to anything and i'm a full believer in anything of that sort it's like with beer in about maybe five six years i'll have a better understanding of it and i'll definitely be able to really understand it it's one of those things where when you know more you know less i i've i've talked about i don't know if you're hearing talking about it but i talked about how einstein bugs me right (laughs) i've never heard that Einstein bugs me, and the reason why is because Einstein was a fucking brilliant genius. Off the charts. And he's the person that people look to when they say physics. So when people think physics, they think, oh, Einstein has to be, have to be brilliant to know it. And believe me, look, <laughs> I am a perfect example. You do not have to be brilliant. To, I, to I think the stuff. the people who invent physics versus people who can comprehend the invention are, are two different things. Well, right? No, no. I look. There, there's a there's a difference between Einstein and pe- other people who invented. There's a difference between Einstein and say uh, Glashow and Weinberg who made electroweight theory. There's a difference between Einstein and um, and even somebody like Feynman. There, there, there's a difference. Okay. Uh, there's, it's a qualitative difference. It's the same thing as like a difference between Newton and and uh, Leibniz or something like that, right? It, it, there's a, or, or Newton or say for contemporary a, a Newton and a Kepler. Um, there are guys who are smart and there are guys who can use the stuff that's around and there are guys who see further. Uh, Einstein had a year where he transformed everything about how we understand the universe. Nineteen oh five. Four papers. Four papers came out in 1905. It's called the Miracle Year. The four papers were, the very first paper had to do with Brownian. He didn't do any experiments on his own. All he did was read about other experiments, no physics, 
uh, and wrote his interpretation. And they were all correct. Right. So his first paper was Brownian motion. Uh, essentially, uh, there were experiments that were done where people um, put uh, little tiny pieces of pollen uh, on some water. And they would notice that the, the pollen would jump around blah, 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 and under a microscope. And he interpreted this as an example of, uh, as a confirmation of uh, basics of, a, of atomic theory. That there were water molecules bouncing around, and that's what allowed all these okay. little uh, pollen stuff to come around. And there was sort of this random motion. It was because of, uh, if you consider water water as sort of an, in an ideal gas formulation, it'll bunch around, it'll bump around like that. And it was one of the first like, it was one of the first um, way, one of the first people who kind of like said, "This is an example of atomic theory." Jeff is what? That's a pen. Now he's taking notes. <laughs> okay, his second paper. So I'm talking about Einstein. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I'm talking about how in 1905 he changed physics completely. Yes. Four papers in 1905. First paper was on Brownian motion, basically confirmed atomic theory, which was pretty well known. I don't know. I'm, Give me a piece of yeah, paper. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. That's what you're I thought. Right. That's all I wanted to know. I just didn't you want to interrupt just ask. You. I didn't want to interrupt. Just ask. Just say it. I, all I want to know is, is this disturbed in the background that I'm hearing? Because uh, I yes. went to the restroom yeah, you and I come ask. back and I hear disturbed. This is a terrible album by them, by the way. <laughs> well, Jeff, this is what, Jeff 10, likes terrible music. This is 10,000 Fists in the Air, if I it, can recall. No, it's, 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 well, sure, but I'm just playing because it's Land of Confusion, the Genesis song. No, this is 10,000 Fists in the Air. And this well, that's is the album, album, yes. Yeah, it's a terrible album. But have you ever okay. seen... His second paper <laughs> was Photoelectric Effect, which I, I want to talk about in, de- in greater detail at some point, but Photoelectric Effect is what really started quantum mechanics, and it is what Einstein won the Nobel Prize for. Mm-hmm. The third paper was essentially the postulates of special relativity. And the fourth paper was mass energy equivalence. One year, he wrote four papers that redefined the world as we know it. Okay. That's what a person like Einstein does that is different from nearly anybody else. My issue with Einstein is that physics and math are considered to be sort of the realm of Einstein and you can't understand no. You can't understand physics and math without being that brilliant. And it's it's absurd. No one is going to be I mean the people who are going to be as brilliant as Newton and Einstein are are one in a trillion, trillion, trillion. The they they happen, but they're rare. The the fact of the matter is all this stuff is understandable by anybody. You just need to work at it. You just need to, to be interested in it, first of mm-hmm. all. And then you need to work at it to understand this stuff. Uh, but Einstein was a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Next level bonkers? Next level bonkers. He changed, he changed the way we look at the world. He, he deserves all the credit he gets, but he still pisses me off because now people mm-hmm. think he has to be a genius to know physics <laughs> and 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 part of it is yeah 
I, I admit part of it is that now when, when I talk to people about physics, they either think that I'm uh, pretentious, pretentious, and being a know-it-all, or that I, I or that it's it's beyond their understanding, or both, uh, and it's neither. The only reason why I will say that it is that people think that you're pretentious is because I know a lot of the friends that you know. Obviously. <laughs> it's just that I'm no, I know, I've talked to a lot of them, and you've spoken to them as well. Uh-huh. And it comes across that way. Um, our friendship, obviously, you're my, you're my best man. And... It's not that. To me, when you try to explain something to me, but it might just be who I've grown into, mm-hmm. that I don't... When someone tries to explain something to me, I don't get offended. I yeah. don't think that, oh, I'm stupid or I'm dumb. I think, you know what? I don't, I don't fucking know this shit. Let me talk to you about it. Let me try and figure it out. And that's my ultimate goal. But, however... I understand where other people come from. Sure, certainly. So I, I certainly Absolutely. do. But um, now, I mean, I, I I love it when you come to me and you say, "Oh, I just I just learned this shit. Well, let me teach you it." And I'm like, "Yeah, all right. Yeah. Let's go have some drinks, hang out, have a good night, talk about science stuff." And to me, that's that's awesome. That's like the greatest time ever. <laughs> I mean, I am probably. I mean, so boring, I'll but. be a little less, little less glossy, but you know, when Greg comes with a great way to teach it, you know, it's fascinating, it's interesting. I think it even carries across the audio to the listeners. Yeah, there's well, a lot of time times. I'm, a lot of times, I'm trying stuff out here. Yeah, and 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 Jeff I mean, is when, my sounding. But when you when you come up with a great analogy, a great way to relate it, it makes sense. You know. And sure, it's not going to be like that every single time. No, I've it's it, but when you miss, Einstein. when you miss, and you're just talking at me. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, it's yeah. so dense. It's, no, sure, and, and yeah. well, that happens with everybody with with all sorts of topics. Uh, um, there are times when Jeff is is explaining. Uh, when you're explaining things that you know your vacations to me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, and there are sometimes when you're explaining your vacations things, and it's like really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and so the you know the same thing happens all the time. Uh, what I I mean, we have this weekly thing, and we have I think enough of a <laughs> of an understanding with each other that yeah, we we sh- we spew on these pre and post shows. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I like to do is I like to try to figure out ways in which we can in which I can. Uh, teach these concepts because i i i want other people to know this stuff well i'm a big believer and i've said multiple times i'm a huge believer of you do not truly understand anything unless you can explain it in its simplest form yeah i am Mm -hmm. a big believer in that and so when i'm teaching something to someone or talking about anyone and i know i've done it with you jeff i've only met you when we're when you give me beer and it's awesome. But that's the only time I've ever really hung out with you in that sense. And it's like, I'm a big believer of if I'm That's going to change next Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm a big, yeah, that is going to change. But I'm a big believer is if, if, if I cannot explain it in its simplest form, I have to go back mm-hmm. and real and try and understand oh, sure. it and be for like, sure. do I truly understand this? Because if I can't say this to someone else to really understand that I myself don't understand what I'm teaching. It took me, I would say, five attempts to try to get Jeff to understand. Miles Davis. To try to get Jeff to understand I. 
And I don't know whether I necessarily got it to the point where I understand it in my own way. Yeah, no, but I, I don't. I don't think I got it to the point where uh, where I could teach it to anybody. I, I don't think I got it to that to that point where I could mm-hmm. teach it to a five year old. But I think enough exposure to Jeff of the concept because I, I, every time I thought like I, I felt, and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but I felt like you were either like. It's a sort of I sort of get it, but I'm not really sure why this matters. Or it was like you're kind of you kind of lost me on, on what what's the importance of this, uh, and is either one or the, or the other. And but by osmosis, at a certain point, we were talking about something else, and you brought up well, you know, just just look at it as, as this thing, and I recognize that you understood yeah. it. I mean, you I think you would probably like if you asked me to describe it. I'm almost certain you will disagree with my description. Probably on some level, but I think you would get the you, you would get the majority. Because because the thing that makes most sense to me is kind of sort of true, but I don't think it's to your level of truth. Well, right? okay, well, this, okay, good. Let's just give it a shot now. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I haven't thought about I in months, right? Well, just, just give me your. You, you can briefly do it. Sure. Where my pen go? Give pen back, Nick. I think it's right by your temperature gauge. Right. Yeah. So you have the uh, <laughs> point, particle, whatever, right? And it's, um, how do I want to describe this? It's a tough thing to, to figure out how to describe because it's, as, well, as, you, as I was telling Jeff. You know, was, and I'm going to try to do this. Yeah. A, I haven't thought about it in months. And B, I'm drunk, right? Yeah. Or, or drinking. Yeah, I mean, and, uh. and as, as, as I was explaining to, to, to Jeff and as I was explaining to everybody else, this is stuff that 200 years ago was PhD level math. Yeah. Right. So my simplest thing is you have this particle that is moving in this direction, but it's facing that way, right? That's That's I. Okay. Right. I mean, that's super. It, the fewest amount of words that I can right. describe. Okay. It. And what he, what you're talking about essentially is what we would uh, probably call in math vector arithmetic, which is, if if I may, take the piece of paper, just to give you. I know it doesn't help people who are listening, but uh, anyway. So if you consider any any axis, let's just draw an x and a y axis. Uh, and you have some point in the X and Y, we can, and and you have this arrow that goes out to that point. Okay. Right. Whatever the uh, whatever the this is a vector of some sort that you can describe as being some some part of X and some part of Y. Uh, and then you imagine another point. You have a point like somewhere out here, and you can draw another line to that. And so then you can say uh, this line has some what we call apparent magnitude, but it's some distance from from the zero point. Uh, and this line has some absolute distance from the zero point. And this line has some angle, we'll call it theta. And the second line has some angle, we'll call it psi. If you were to add them together, you can do a very simple addition where the angle is going to be theta plus psi, so somewhere out here, and the distance is going to be this magnitude plus this magnitude. You can do a very simple addition just by the fact that you know that this 
this other dimension has a relation to the to this dimension, and that dimension that relation is that this dimension x uh, and this dimension i. This dimension is in the unit x, and the other dimension is in the units of the square root of negative x. And once you have that relation to go on, you can do all this vector addition, <laughs> and you can talk about two dimensions essentially as one. You can you can drag them along with you wherever you go. You can, you can talk about some point uh, uh, three comma two i whatever, and you can drag along two dimensions in one statement wherever you go, and you know what the relation of those dimensions are to each other. That's the beauty of using i, and that's the beauty of, of, of having i as being able to do this vector. Basically, you can talk about circles. You can talk about any any way of, of imagining these circles and the magnitude of these circles anywhere because you know what those two dimensions are. And you can then extra, you can extrapolate that anywhere. So before this beer is gone, this is Nugget. So, oh, you know, your mic still doesn't turn out. Sorry, I was sneezing. (laughs) Uh, This is a great way to end a night. Um, Still doesn't meet that double quad. Well, Well, no, but you're drinking it so you can kind of, kind of imprint on what nugget can taste like. Uh, This is a great IPA. I really enjoy. But I mean, focus on like how the hops are, how they're kind of. Cantaloupe's pith, like the outside of a cantaloupe, is what I'm tasting. I'm tasting something that's kind of minerally and rocky. I'm tasting. Keep talking. Um, I don't know. Um, a little bit of onion, like green onions, I guess. I um, I get that 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 strong sense of bitterness. From it, um, I don't know what type of hops they're using. Well, this I'm this, assuming this, so Cascade no, or Centaur. okay. Slow down. Sorry, I picked this beer because it is all Nugget hops. Oh, it's not okay. Okay, so you're drinking it to learn what Nugget can taste like. Okay, it, well, it reminds me of like I was gonna say Centennial. No, no, don't. Okay, I mean. I would not try to relate it to other hops. Think about the food flavors you're tasting. So, like, think of the outside of a cantaloupe. Think of uh, green onions. Think of... What else do I have here? And I'm not saying you have to agree with what I'm saying. No, but I, I mean, mean don't I say this is like because... Cascade, right? Because this isn't kind of this isn't orangey. It isn't floral. It's no. I was thinking of the double. Maybe if anything, it's like a, like a green orange, like not yet ripe orange. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to really understand hops, so that's pro- that's why I'm like going to those right away. But you know, but... just try to. Think about your entire experience of everything you've ever tasted. Let me forget right? about everything that I've been working on. While you're doing that, let me give you. An you ever idea. taste the? You ever lick the outside of a cantaloupe and not get salmonella? Uh, have yeah. you ever licked it? Yeah, yeah. I no, try it. Try it sometime. That's kind of what I'm... every every Monday is. I lick. Oh, this girl, these huge cantaloupes. I lick. Oh, she had fantastic cantaloupes. <laughs> Her name was Cody Lane. Yeah, look her up on a porn website. Let's see what she's <laughs> On a porn website? Not just any website, but a porn website? Yeah. We'll Isn't see what any you website see a porn you... website? Yeah, and then you'll then you'll notice <laughs> Cody Lane, and she usually has like three dicks in her asshole, but... 
That's impressive. Three uh, decks. Uh, three decks. I mean, I've heard of DVDA, but not... not, not no, DVD I'm not exaggerating. TA. Three decks. She's like... Oh, and she fantastic. gets choked at the same time. She's 29 years old. I do appreciate you putting on this Bitches Brew album. That's, that's a lot of experience. 29 years old. She it. has 6,095,000 profile hits, whatever that means. Let me, let, me, let me toss you guys an idea. Okay? Chaos. Oh, you're a sick man, Nick. She, <laughs> she doesn't do, like, nice girl-next-door porn. She does, no, like... she does really hardcore, like, I'm gonna, like, ten dudes come on your face kind of, like, porn. <laughs> That's what I'm pointing to, Greg. Here, check it out. <laughs> I'm, is, a, I'm is, a sick mother... I'm a sick monkey, I'm man. I'm really happy to be able to move into a different topic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chaos. Chaos is poetry. Yes? Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I just thought you're a sick man. <laughs> what I was just talking about, math is descriptive. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is that, that a lot of what we do is controlled chaos. Jazz mm. is controlled chaos. Improv is controlled chaos. Uh, humor is essentially a controlled chaos uh, you're 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 going a little bit out of bounds but then you're you're bringing it back uh stories are controlled chaos you're not letting anything to happen there's a framework that things fit in but math is controlled period and math is 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 this thing that is defined and you cannot deviate that's sort of the the thing that math has over other languages in my mind is that math you you have to each side has to equal the other side you, you you have to make things equal. Okay. Um, so the thing is, like jazz, because I say it's controlled chaos and things like that. Jazz follows forms, right? There are absolutely yeah. There are there are forms that that that, that things take, and improv follows forms. There are for the Harold. There's the Ma. There's all types of different like forms of improv. There are forms of humor. Unless you're ca- talking Coltrane mm-hmm. in the late 1960s, but that doesn't count. Okay, but. There's these basic forms that you follow that, that are there's these this toolbox of things, right? Math is is all form. Math is just form. Jazz is like how do you mix forms together? Cooking is how do you mix forms together? Yeah, Brewing yeah. is how do you mix forms together? Whereas the math is just sort of very specific, and, and what that leads to is that the math is not reality. The math is a abstraction. And the math is 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 trying to uh, present a way of abstracting something so that it can be used by everybody, but it is not reality in itself. Yeah, it is uh, a, a form of describing something as close as we can get to it, but it never quite gets there because nature isn't math. Nature is something different. Math is just the way we've come up with of describing nature. So you get these the, like music and language. These are all forms. These are all forms that uh, that the math describes more or less, but that combine in various chaotic ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these these forms sort of emerge as these functions, uh, and so they're as much function as they are form in a sense, right? When you do a jazz, when you're doing a I think you, there, there are forms. There are these, as I said, these toolboxes, right? There's, uh, to, an example is you're building a house. There's a wrench you use here, and there's a, uh, a 
a hammer to use here, and there's a nail gun to use here, and blah, blah, blah. But it, what you get is not something in your toolbox. What you get is something... Uh. And it's not something that's on the pa- paper. It's something that sort of comes out. There, there's a emergence from all this stuff. I mean, stuff. I, I will agree with you on the most part, but, I mean, you've seen me play. Yeah. You've seen what I do. And it's, I think, for the most part, 90% of it, yeah, it is just me grabbing my toolbox, knowing how I understand music, knowing how I understand understand theory, and I understand what I'm going to play, and I know it's going to sound good. Um, But there's still that 10% that is truly inspirational. Well, it's that... It's that part that the math can't define. It's, it's that how... It's I don't how think that, that happens too often. I think that maybe happens for me. Maybe. And this is probably pushing it three times a year. But... Yeah, no, I can see that. Because an, an example I would give is chemistry. Chemistry is based on very, very fundamental things. Very fundamental things about ways that... Uh, that things work and charges work and all this stuff and you get these various molecules that are all relatively, you know, defined in how they turn but sometimes crazy stuff happens that you would not expect exactly. to happen. Yeah. Uh, just because the circumstances are right, the the conditions are right such that even though you can predict down to a very, very specific level how this stuff should work you couldn't have predicted this particular instance. You couldn't have predicted just based on the the theory we have and the math we have that this combination would have been able to do this and then it yeah. just cascades yeah and, and that's how i feel about i mean you, you just mentioned it so it's like putting me into that situation but it's like that that's where i'm at in my mm-hmm. level of performance it's just more or less like um i i do go and i will be the first to admit it that i do go on autopilot to where there's sometimes where I'm just mm-hmm. playing and, and I'm just I'm just playing and it's like I'm on autopilot. I don't think anything of it. I know it's gonna sound good. I understand how it's going to work. I know that the mass majority will go, oh, you're 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 fantastic at what you do. And then there's, it's probably less than ten percent, but I'm gonna give it ten percent to where it's like, I'm actually creating an art form of that sort. And the reason why I say it's less than that is because even the greatest artists created that. Even the greatest, even the greatest mathematicians, yeah, have come around. Oh, the, and math it's is far math less. is an art. Math is an art. I mean, it ma- is in a sense because though. it's it's just a language and it's, it's making interesting new sentences. But there's what art I to, there's do art is art to figuring out how to how to how to make something new, right? That's an art. And well, that's what it is for yeah. what I do. Yeah. it's a language. Mm-hmm. And there's a language that you need to know. If you go to, if you're a musician who's just recently started right. to dabble into what I do, and to the quote-unquote jazz world, because I disagree with the word jazz, but regardless, that's a whole other topic. Um, if you start to dabble into that sense, you'll learn that there's a language you need to know. You need to understand a certain sense of what is happening. Absolutely. Well, the fact of the matter is you're not going to be able to write next level poetry unless you understand the English language. I mean, you, you, you have to know... That's what I mean. You have to learn the language of which you're living, and that's mm-hmm. it within poetry because you know I'm a big poetry guy too because mm-hmm. you know I love writing poetry, and poetry is a big thing that I'm a, uh, I do a lot. 
I try to write a lot of poetry on top of all my music and everything else that I try and do that's absolutely worthless to the world other than it's just like, hey. It's worthless. It's not worthless to the world because it's worthless to you. But to bring it back to stuff that we would like, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff's been out of this for a while. I would say. He's been playing Miles Davis for me. It's been fantastic. Consider (laughs) consider how how, uh, the design of a computer chip works. And essentially, you're talking about these basic logical descriptions of, of how you know, of, of gates, basically they're logic gates. Uh, and when you look at if you if you've seen like a big you know a a, a picture of a, a huge like electron microscope picture of a chip, you see there's oh there's thousands trillions of or billions of, of transistors to find a chip, uh, and more or less. You know, chips are very specifically designed, and tolerance is very specifically specifically designed to do to do a very specific thing. Um, the thing is that sometimes it doesn't always work right. Sometimes, in, in, the manufacturing process isn't great enough that it always does everything right. And so, the less the lesser quality chips, those are sold as the Celerons, right? Those are sold as the as the the two gigahertz chips, and then the, the the higher quality chips, the ones that do work exactly right because the manufacturing tolerances are exactly right, are sold as the better chips. Even better description though would be, think about when we people who are doing computer science are designing these things very specifically. When they designed the Pentium, the first Pentium, they did not see that what they were designing led to a floating point error. That was a chaotic emergence out of something that they didn't see. Even though, because they didn't have the ability to, to mathematically model the chip as well as they would have now. But still, something chaotic happened that they didn't predict. So even when the math is very specific, when you do all this combination and then when you're combining all these things together, the various things sort of work out such that you, you can't define tolerances exactly and certain things work less well or certain things do things you didn't predict they would do. That's all I'm trying to talk about. Okay. Math is not fundamental, <laughs> is my point. Math is a description. It's a language. Jeff does not give two shits. No. It's not bad. I'm good. <laughs> it's a description and it's a language you use, but... Beer. When we make beer, there's recipes, right? Uh, but does the recipe, and the recipe may even say, you know, boil for this long, blah, blah, blah. Does that take into account how your boiler works? How your kettle, the deviations from from exact that your kettle is? The... Uh, the way your yeast, how many how many of the yeast that you have will, will work? The... The specific amount of sugar in your grain versus the grain in the recipe, you can build some sort of ideal system. Like math is all about ideal systems, but the world doesn't work in ideal ways. So the art comes in to getting a non-ideal system to feel ideal to the person that's encountering it. Whether it's someone drinking a beer and they think this is exactly exactly what I should be tasting. Or somebody looks at a picture, an art, a painting, and they say, I know what that person is saying to me with that painting. Or they hear a sentence and they feel exactly what that person needs to say. Or they hear a piece of music and they feel the emotion that you want them to feel. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, to me, uh, 
That's what makes the beauty of being human such a great thing. Is that there's so many interpretations yeah. of everything else that's out there. It's like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of art. Obviously, I mean, there's art that I disagree with and art that I don't feel anything from. But I will try to at least understand where they're coming from. But there's multiple things of art that I just, I just love. I love hearing it or seeing it um, actually more so and seeing it. Um, I'm a big poet, so I love... I mean, you've been to parties at my house where mm-hmm. half the party <laughs> is fucking playing beer pong, and then there's, there's another half of the group where we're sitting there reading poetry from our book. And I'm over at the poetry side. And he's over at the poetry side. This was, like, the greatest moment ever. It was uh, uh, my now fiancé. We were... She invited a bunch of her friends over, and I, a bunch of, I invited a bunch of my friends over. And by the end of the night, it ended up turning into all of my friends <laughs> were reading poetry from our books and from our minds and everything else about poetry. Well, her and her friends are sitting there playing like beer pong and flip cup. We might have the quote unquote most boring life ever. But to me, well, I naturally like, gravitated toward the stuff that was actually interesting. Versus the stuff that was I want to see Greg do slam poetry. That's no, I didn't do any poetry. Awesome. Was, he didn't do any poetry. I want to see him do slam poetry. I was commenting. On we it. had quite a few people commenting on it, and obviously being involved yeah. in it, you were a main part of the commenting. But uh, there was there was multiple people involved in actually revealing their poetry. Yeah. And to me, that I, I love it. I love the art of wordplay mm-hmm. and creating and storytelling. That's why I'm well, so gravitated toward this one game that I want called Once Upon a Time that I'm I will purchase within this week <laughs> when I get my paycheck. I will purchase. Well, this. I I love. Um... Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I, I, oh no, the, the, that's another reason why uh, we 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 mentioned in the pre-show. That we uh, we played uh, once. Uh, I'm sorry, Betrayal at the House on Hill right. is what the game's called. Yeah, Betrayal yeah. in the House on the Hill. It was a tabletop game that uh, yeah, Greg and play I played. It, it's fantastic. I think it's I might. I think I might be getting it for my birthday for my sister. I asked for it, so we'll see. Oh, uh, really? It's it's a phenomenal game, yeah. and it, it's like a B movie horror movie. But it's like it's like a mini rural playing game tied into this phenomenal game of Clue that turns into a I'm going to attack you at the end of it because it's like it's a, a train. It's thing. like it's a sort of a cooperative game, kind of sorta. It's more like a, just a everyone explores around and various various things happen, and then yeah. suddenly it changes into a cooperative game versus one player. So one, one of the player players becomes, becomes a betrayer, betrayer, and they have to. Eliminate the other players. The other players have to eliminate the the There's betrayer. There's a hundred okay. different outcomes there, of the game. Yeah, sure. hundred different ways. And I'm sure the betrayer has you know strength. Yeah, because right? so they they have they have various things that they can do, and the but the players the have players have various things that they can do, and you can gain items along the way that give you things that you can do. What's also. it called again? It's called betrayal. betrayal at the house on the hill. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's awesome. Uh, I, I loved it. I mean, we, we played it on Friday. We played it a couple times on Friday. And this is a game that I've been in love with for quite some time now. And to me, it, it is, it's, a, it's a fantastic game. Yeah. But 
it allows you to really create story because Greg and I, you and I on Friday were like the only two. Well, we, we were jumping into it because we were really doing the improv. We were, we were taking We the took idea our characters and, and we started improvising. Yeah. Every single time we went into a room or why were we here, we yeah. started really creating story. Like we didn't we didn't necessarily play the game like we would if, if we weren't characters. We like I, I started to play it like I would go back to where he was because that was what my character would do as opposed exactly, to that's what I exploring did. new rooms because it, it it felt more fun to to take that aspect and then the the cards that you play would give you sort of ways to ways to adjust that your play. So like my character was it started out as this um, this professor who was leading out everybody on an expedition and turned into this crazy gay guy who wanted to seduce <laughs> his his character who was it was very funny. It, it was it, it's it truly is a great experience for players. I highly recommend it. It's Wizards of the Coast. Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Um, it's a it's a fantastic cooperative slash competitive game that really it it, it all it the thing that's so great about the game is it has so much replay. Yeah, and it has a lot of replay, but also you get out of it as much as you put into it. So if you put like I I, I don't see a way that if you're not into it, like if you're not like at least willing to go with it, that you won't have fun. Right? Oh, to me, yeah. it's one of the... Like I said, uh, I said to you on Friday, and I will say tonight, that is the tabletop game that I am in love with currently, and I will play it with anyone at any given time, mm -hmm. because I've played it multiple times before I met, uh, before I introduced it to you guys on Friday, and, and I... He kept talking about how... so many, I've played so many times, items always can come up, I've never got any items this time. Well, it was so it was so bizarre because I played it so many times, and these card tiles, uh, every single tile has a different thing on it. It it it, it, it just builds out a different way every time. It, so it, it really... it's, it's it's really every single time you build it, it's always you'll never have a game that's exactly the same. It's unlike Clue, where you have the same exact game every single time, or Monopoly, you have the same exact game Monopoly. every single time. Monotony, Monopoly, is not even the game. It's not. It's it's a terrible game. But it's like you have this game that's always, you're guaranteed 98% of the time to always be different. Yeah. And to me, that's what really makes a game is that it's interesting, it makes you think, it makes you work as a group, mm -hmm. and also work against each other. But it truly, like, I was almost tempted to bring it here tonight just to play on the on the pre-show because... Can you play with three people? Yeah. Three to six people is what it recommends. Oh, I see. I still haven't played Seven Wonders. I bought it at Christmas time. My kids are too young to understand it. Betrayal to House on Hill kicks the shit well, out of Seven Wonders. Well, I'm just saying, I, I have Seven Wonders upstairs and I still haven't played it well, because... Well, I'll tell you what, we, why don't I bring it? Because I'm going to get it for my sister, I think. After after this week, we're moving offices this week, so uh, their my parents are and, and my sister are sending me my gifts next week. But I'll have it by that time. So and, and I'll you know like I just keep shit in my car. So I'll, I'll just I'll bring it. We can play it on the pre-show of. Uh, I, wanna, I think it would be a great. I mean, I I know I would enjoy it. I don't know about the people listening, but <laughs> I love I love to come on on September. Was it September? Uh, 
As long as it's not the last weekend in September. No, September third, September fourth, September fourth. I'm good for that, because um, I know there's a there's a show that I've tried getting you into. It's called Tabletop with Will Wheaton. Yeah, it sucks. I love it. Um, <laughs> on YouTube, it's really I, enjoyable. I, I, I saw. I watched them play Pandemic. That's the only one I ever watched. Pandemic's. Great I find game Will Wheaton too. too like. Two weirdly sardonic slash... It's a weird combination of sardonic... I will say that Greg said that it sucked. However, he was into one episode that I did show him. Which one? Uh, I don't know. We were pretty drunk at the same exact time. Okay, but uh, that's probably why. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, because you hated the first episode that yeah. I showed you. But as soon as I showed you the second episode, you said this is a better episode. You should have showed me this first. Probably. It, it, I can see me doing Those are your exact my, my big problem with it was whenever I watch it, I, I find Will Wheaton's personality to be a, a bad combination of, like, sardonic slash earnest, and it doesn't work. I like Will Wheaton. I mean, but... Yeah. It's like, I don't like it... The, it's, the, the world, so. example is, I don't like it when, when Spencer is earnest. It's Spencer and Harvard. When, when he tries to be earnest, it doesn't feel right. You know, I mean, it, I, I want Will Wheaton to stick to a character. Speaking of Will Wheaton, I just had Woodstout from Stone uh-huh. and Fark and Will Wheaton. It's fucking awesome. Really? It's really fucking good. I was Stone, so, you know, I, I expect him to So, things. don't run off Will Wheaton to try Woodstout. Well, did Will Wheaton brew Woodstout? He's involved with I mean, it's like... No, did, Will Wheaton did, 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 is did a great guy, behind, man. I love Will Wheaton. Did the guys behind Game of Thrones brew... Like, did, did the guys no. who... Did, <laughs> Put his name to something, right? I mean, Woodstout's really yeah. fucking good. But aren't you? Aren't you a Trekkie? Yeah. Did you not enjoy the? I had never seen one thing of Star Trek, but did you not enjoy the Will Wheaton things that he did with Star Trek? Not a lot of them, no. Really? Okay. Because I've always heard good things of Will Wheaton and Star Trek, so I don't know. Some I, things I'm not I a enjoyed. Like, I, I enjoyed like Star Trek. I enjoyed some of his write-ups of of what he like of of how he. How the TNG stuff was, and then I started. Then I watched his stuff, and I was like, I don't, I, I just don't like his acting style or or, or what he's the the personality that he's trying to put out. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. I, I'm not getting it. I'm not. I'm not. You didn't love him on Big Bang Theory. I didn't watch him on Big Bang Theory. That's, the interesting thing is that Trekkie. Right? Remember there was a time, I don't know if you remember, but there was a time when Trekkie was supposed to be the negative term and Trekker was the term you're supposed to use. And now I don't think anybody cares. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's Trek. Yeah, I, I, I like Star Trek. I, I, I think Star Trek is, is awesome. It, I, I like Star Trek as much as Jeff loves Star Wars, which is a lot. But, but I don't think every Star Trek movie was awesome. I think a lot of them sucked. Now, to be fair, I think that four of the Star Wars movies were at least three of them were, were really good three of them were really good one of them was decent and three of them were fucking awful Star Trek I would say one of them one of them is fantastic one of them is one of the better movies ever made the rest are like okay to, to decent to good and some shit Star Trek 2 is one of the best, one of the better movies ever made. Not best, one of the better. I don't think there's there's many faults with Star Trek 2. Have you seen it? Which one's that? Wrath of Khan. Uh, well, it's been 
years. The whole earworm yeah. thing. That's about our. Watch it again, because I think if, if I mean, don't like. <laughs> I like saying you have to, but I'm saying if you if you did, I think you would find it enjoyable. I think it's it's just a damn good movie. Period. Yeah. Like Empire. Like you could mm-hmm. watch Empire Strikes Back if you don't care shit about Star Wars, and it's just a damn good movie. I think Star Wars is a really good movie too. I think that The Force Awakens is a pretty damn good movie. I, I think, think it's extremely fun. Yeah, very fun. Very fun. And that's the importance yeah. of that. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a slog. Yes, I mean, that's is, yours. Yeah, it is not a slog at all. Uh, Return of the Jedi is like half of a good movie. I like I, I the, the first part is a lot of fun. Uh, the second part has its moments, particularly the spaceship. And the stuff on the dart and the Death Star, but anything involving teddy bears is awful, like terrible. And then those three fucking movies are just god awful slow. I I have said to you before, I didn't mind the Phantom Menace. I don't think it's the best movie. Obviously. No, the Phantom what? Menace is, is the best of the three, which is it's the fucking the best weirdest of part. The three. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. The Phantom, Menace, Phantom Menace is dog shit, but it's the best of the three. No, yeah. I think it is. Oh no, yeah, yeah. it has the most like ideas. It has yeah. the most ideas and has the most like okay. So I understand where this. I mean, we're talking about burning degrees of bolt of shit, shit, yeah. shitty yeah. shit. But Attack of the Clones has got to win. No, Attack of the mm. No Attack of the Clones is Attack the Clones worst. Is very Attack of the Clones was the worst one. Attack of the Clones was by far the worst one. It's the it best no of the real worst. Character development oh god, it is not. Clones. No, Attack of the Clones was other than the fact that Anakin shit. grew up and he became like an emo bitch. Yeah. Other anything in that, that is yeah, but you get like, to actually see what technology. You, see? you get to see the ships. You Who get cares? To see space Who cares? battle. I don't give a shit nah, about that. Yeah, I, I, wait, I you like pod racing? Like what the fuck? I want, no, I don't like pod nah, racing. Yeah. I want a story. I want a story. Now none of them had a closest. The third one had a story. It was a shit story, but it was a story. The first one had nothing that... It was like an avant-garde piece of... I kind of appreciate it in the sense that, like, of the other three, because it was this avant-garde weird thing. If my thing thing of the shitty movies, it would go Phantom Menace... I don't even know what the third one's called. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones. Revenge of the Sith, and then uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. In my opinion... Attack of the Clones was a forgettable disaster. I I don't remember a thing from Attack of the Clones. What do you remember from Attack of the Clones? I remember it has battle scenes in it. With the other it's like, Yoda fucking attacking shit. Oh god, that Yoda shit. I remember that Yoda, Yoda becomes shit. like this oh. huge fucking... F- I'm gonna do a It had something to keep you seconds. awake. Where... No, it didn't. Oh, oh, the only thing I had to keep me awake was, <laughs> Why was, was, was technology. Why are you making me feel so dirty about arguing about these shitty, well, shitty look, movies? Look, attack, look, Yoda, that's, the whole thing was, you know, judge me by my size, do you? Blah, blah, blah. And, and, and this whole thing was, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be fight battles to be great, right? That was the whole... That's the shtick of of the of Star Wars. That is the fucking whole deal. Once you'd have Yoda jumping around with a laser sword, it turns into bullshit. It, like everything that the whole all the glue that kept that together, it turns out is nothing. It turns out that it's all this. It's it's this. I don't know. Slime. It's goo. It's not. It's not. It, there's no glue. It's goo. The L goes away. <laughs> I mean, at least in episode one, it had like, let's figure out where these characters came from. And you're constantly trying to figure out who's the main character. <laughs> what am I? What am I supposed to be paying attention to? You never quite I mean, know. Yeah, but I at least like it's like it, it, it fell down to either Qui Gon Jinn or uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. I think 
it was meant to be Obi-Wan. But he stayed in the ship the whole time. He doesn't do anything. He did, but I feel like he was, like, the intention of it. But then yeah. it kind of became Qui-Gon. But, it also became Anakin as a child. But, however, the good thing that did come out of Phantom Menace was... Jar Jar Binks, obviously, because he was the greatest <laughs> character ever. Um, regardless, uh, no, it was more or less of where did these characters come from? Why? I think that one is such a prelude of... So why did he become this way? Obviously, he had daddy issues, but bes- like it, I think that's what I, it's well, the fucking virgin was. birth. Eh? I, I think issues. I think it would be possible to take the mess that the Phantom Menace was and make something out of it. That's why I, I enjoyed yeah. the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace out of all those three. I would say the Phantom Menace for me sticks out the most. It's the most interesting by far. Yeah, the Phantom Menace yeah. is what sticks it out. It is the most movie. interesting film. The Clone the Wars other... is what yeah. sticks out the least amount. I mean, and the third yeah. one, too, as well. I couldn't even remember the name, and I've seen it multiple times. In terms times. of interesting failures, the first one is by far the most interesting failure. The second one is just, I don't remember a thing about it. Like, you had to remind me. Like what, I don't remember. I would have called the first one an absolute failure. I would, as an absolute failure. I wouldn't, just because I'd say it, it, it's definitely just boring. But I wouldn't say it's the most failure. I mean, keep in mind, I also come from a different era. I come from an era that I watched the first... You grew up with Jar Jar Binks. I did. I watched the first four. I've seen the original four before I saw number one. Original three. Yeah, before I saw it. Three, four, who's counting? And when (laughs) I saw that... It was very enjoyable for me. I actually, I liked the new movies for the longest time until maybe like six, seven years ago when I started getting older and yeah, started, you started to, to look really at these with a think eye, about right, things yeah. and look at things with a critical Sure, it's like, I expect Max to love all those movies. And then I started going into, man, this isn't a really great movie at all. Yeah. But I still, I still like number one i still like a phantom menace because i think it could have grown into something more than what it was it's like the fellowship of the fellowship of the ring was the best of the three by far i still love the fellowship of the ring Absolutely. that's what i'm saying yeah the best but of my the favorite is the two the two towers because it has that empire strikes back kind of mentality i, where it I, ends on I just felt like the fellowship of, of the ring was the one that actually made sense and the one that i felt like i knew all the characters was i didn't feel over i think the, re- the return of the king is kind of bullshit because it was more fixated on the action and everything else um a lot of people will disagree with me and say the return of the king is the greatest of the all three because i've read tolkien multiple times and tolkien is fucking yeah. I will absolutely admit that I love Tolkien. I love what he gave to the world, but he's fucking boring. The fucker spends three, four pages describing a blade of grass. Uh-huh. And I love that the fact that when I'm like reading Tolkien, I get this immersive what do you got world. What got against Grassman? All right, look, I get this immersive world <laughs> of like everything else that's happening, but the fact is. I'm like five pages later and I forget the fact that, oh, a bunch of orcs are chasing me. And it's like, oh, by the way, even though I just fin- finished this entire room that we just I don't remember the bladed grass so much. I remember the, the songs and the poems that would last for pages. And- I didn't mind those so much. However, I didn't mind. Actually, I should say I didn't mind them so much in The Hobbit. 
Um, the Hobbit was short. The Hobbit was like 90 pages, it felt like. It was <laughs> it's, 90 pages. It's like 200 pages. It's, it's, it was like yeah, 250, yeah. 260, something like that. It was not three movies worth. Not three, three hours. It was not. It was yeah. maybe stretching it two movies yeah. worth, but I was very disappointed with the movies. Um, they're doing a movie. Peter Jackson's doing The Cimmerillion. And I'm I think like, they, I thought they mixed that into The Hobbit. I thought that's what they they, were, they did, did because Radagast was mentioned in The Hobbit. The Silmarillion is and the, the White the, Orc was the whole also, thing about where the wizards come from. Yeah, and how sort of well, the White Orc things. was also mentioned in The Hobbit, but he was never a major no character. The White Orc that has like a missing arm in the movie The Hobbit. I didn't watch. I didn't see any of the movie. Oh, uh, really? Well, regardless, Radagast is like a wizard that they make. Kind of main character in the Hobbit's th- trilogy. They also make the biggest catalyst is a, a creature known as the White Orc. I forget his actual name. Nick Jones, do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. Yeah. I am not trying to rob you. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm help, trying you. to help you. <laughs> but regardless, it's like they make these... Um, Peter Jackson made these... That was a good scene. That, that, was, that was fantastic. Yeah. I would rather watch the trilogy of The Lord of the Rings than I would read the books again, and I read them twice. I would much rather watch them because... I think the Fellowship. Of the, I, I I would totally watch Fellowship of the Ring. I love watching the Fellowship. Yeah. Fellowship's, Fellowship's one great. of my favorite. Fellowship Next to the, the the, I think the thing that I love so much of the the Two Towers is seriously the battle the Battle of Helm's Deep. I don't give a shit about battle, especially I now because I mean, oh, it's Deep, it's fucking shit you do on your computer. I mean, who cares? But to me, I always love the Hobbit because I, I, want I, 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 I love I love the Shire. I want story. Yeah, the, the, the Shire was great because it's storytelling, right? I want the storytelling. I want to see what the characters are doing. I don't care well, about the fucking. If, if we would remove the movies, my favorite book out of all of um, Tolkien, and I've read quite a few of Tolkien to some Tolkien that I just didn't even like. Um, it all comes down to the Hobbit. It comes down to his first book because. It was true to what it was. It was a children's story. Mm-hmm. And I loved the poetry in it. I loved the little silly songs in it. And then, um, if you look at the history of Tolkien, he went off to World War One. And right at this time, yeah. the publisher said, we want you to write a, a sequel to The Hobbit. And he went off to World War One, and then he came back. And he said, okay, let's write a sequel to The Hobbit. And let's write about this fucking horrible, depressing war. And let's write about everything else that was terrible that yeah. I just saw in my life. And you could totally tell that the difference between them is well, just... Well, we got we to get going because it's time to... You know, I might rescind my invite to invite Nick on the show unless we move back to Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick can't do it on Saturdays. He's got a gig. Uh, um, well, he needs to talk less then. Yeah, you gotta talk less. Just give me a sign. I'm sorry, I wasn't even talking throughout the entire show. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, we're good. Um, so yeah, well, uh, oh shit, it's twelve thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> fucking late, man. I don't got shit to do. You do. Yeah, we do. We do. You both do. I don't have anything to do. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>